Would you go to Romans 4, please, again? We've been looking at this on these night services. You know, the psalmist said how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Hallelujah. And described how that uh, the blessing of dew comes down on the mountain and flows from the top all the way down to the bottom. And the anointing on the high priest from the top, they'd pour the oil on top of the head and it would run all the way down. How many know if it makes it all the way down to the border? That's a lot of oil. (laughs) Well, God's got a lot of oil. And uh, I believe we are experiencing a measure of that by the fellowship of faith. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate and what a blessing it is to me. All of you that come and bring your faith, your presence affects the meeting. It affects what comes out. Hallelujah. In uh, Romans chapter 4, about verse 18, we've been looking at faith and glory. We see that with Abram, that against hope, he believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations According to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. How many have heard that verse more than three times? <laughs> more than 20 times. You heard it five years ago. You heard it 20 years ago. Well, there's a danger when you've heard things before to read it and hear it like you know it. And maybe you do know something from it, but have we even begun to exhaust all the light and life and revelation from Romans 4.18? No, no. So you have to hear it by faith like there are things I hadn't heard before that I'm about to hear. Because that's the truth. Abram when there was no reason for him to expect, expected anyway. How many are expecting some things that there's no reason in the natural for you to expect that? Huh? (laughs) And it was based on what the Lord had told him, which was, so shall thy seed be. God is big on seed. And every one of his words are an incorruptible, imperishable seed that is designed to go into the ground of our heart and to produce and develop changes, miraculous changes, first inside and then affecting a harvest outside. In verse 19, he said, being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. This kind of summarizes the good fight of faith. We walk by faith, not 
by sight. Is that easy? It's not. If it was easy, it wouldn't be a fight. <laughs> every day, every day, you wake up, you're still down here in the middle of a curse-filled earth. You got a body that is mortal and not yet changed and glorified. And you've got feelings. And you and I will be pulled and will be tempted to focus on what we see and hear and feel. And if we let that dominate us, to be carnal, fleshly minded is death. It will work death in us. But you can choose to ignore that. Oh, it'll scream for your attention at times. But you can be strong and look over it and look past it and consider not what you're feeling. Oh, it's there. You're not denying that it's there. It's there. But there's something bigger than that. There's something greater than that that can change that. And you even begin to learn how to act like God and release creative power through your words and call those things that be not as though they were. Your body may not be healed, but you call it healed. You didn't say it felt healed or looked healed, but you call it healed. You may not see all the money to pay your bills and debts, but you call every bill paid. You call every need met. You call every debt and obligation paid off and fulfilled. Somebody say, I call it, I call it, I call it. You may not be experiencing the quickness mentally that you want to in your studies or if you're in school or whatever, but you say, I call myself quick and bright and sharp. He's made me of quick understanding in the fear of the Lord. I don't judge after the seeing of my eye or the hearing of my ear, but I judge righteous judgment. This is not walking by what you see. Faith is unmoved by what it sees. It's unaffected by what it feels. That's big boy Christianity. Hallelujah. No whining. No crying, no feeling sorry for yourself, no telling everybody how bad it is and what your problems are. You just look it in the eye and say, you don't move me. I'm calling you. Lungs, are you listening to me? I call you clear. Heart, I call you healthy and whole and strong. Kidneys, I call you clear and clean. Brain, I call you healthy and whole. Say, body, you're my body. I have authority over you. You have to listen to the word of the Lord in my mouth. And body, you will serve me well as long as I need you. Hallelujah. You will serve me well and I will run my race And I will finish my course. Because God's well able to sustain me. Hallelujah. Well. 
Some, I, I had a revelation some years ago, decades ago, first starting in the ministry. And it sounds so simple, but hear the rest of it before you laugh too hard. It dawned on me. I, I was actually meditating on the love of God. And I'm talking about his love for me. And faith works by love. You can't have great faith without a revelation of his great love for you. And it just came up out of my my spirit. I'm going to make it. (laughs) I know that's simple. That's a short phrase. But do you know what I'm talking about? I'm going to make it spiritually. I'm going to make it physically. I'm going to make it financially. I'm going to make it ministerially. I'm going to, and that was 30 some years ago. I'm going to make it. Somebody needs to say it. Somebody needs to say it. I'm going to make it. Why? And it's not because I know so many scriptures. It's not because I'm so super spiritual. It's because he loves me. He loves Keith, and Keith knows it. So if Keith messes up, God will pick Keith up. If Keith is not getting it, he'll tell Keith again. If Keith is really slow, he'll tell Keith five more times and send three people by him to tell him the same thing. And if Keith just really blows it, And his nose is where his feet should have been a few moments ago. And just winds upside down in the ditch. Keith is still going to make it. Because the love of God is going to get Keith out of the ditch. And clean him up. And get him on his way. Keith. Me. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. Because I'm not going to turn loose of the love of God. And that means he's never turning loose of me. And I'm going to make it. Come on, how about you? How about you? You're going to make it. You're going to make it all the way. You're going to run your whole race, finish your entire course. Somebody say, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it all the way. And what are you counting on? You're counting on how much he loves you. That's what you're counting on. It's got you this far. It'll get you the rest of the way. Hey. It's good to know you're going to make it. It's good to know it. No matter what the devil says, you're a liar. I'm going to make it. I've already heard that. I've already got it. Where were we before I got excited? (laughs) Yeah, I know that, but before that. What? (laughs) Being not weak in faith. He considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, but he was what? Strong, staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Say that phrase out loud with me, please. Strong in faith, giving glory to God. Another time, strong in faith, giving glory to God. One more time, strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, I saw some things this afternoon I am absolutely thrilled about. 
Are you believing with me? You're going to believe with me to get this out? About the nature of faith and glory. How did Abraham become so strong? And how did his faith give glory to God? Faith pleases God. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. Why does faith please him so much? I believe there's a number of reasons. One of them is faith glorifies God. That same word can be translated honor. It is translated honor. Same King James New Testament. Giving honor to God. Go with me to Timothy, please. Praise be to God. Uh, Second Timothy, the second chapter. Second Timothy 2 and 19. It says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure, having this seal. The Lord knows them that are his. Now, if you couple this with 1 Corinthians, I believe it's 8, that talks about knowledge uh, puffs up, but love builds up. And uh, if any man thinks he knows anything, he doesn't know anything yet as he ought to know. But if any man loves God, the same is known of him. You can't impress God with your knowledge. A lot of what we would think is human brilliance. We'd show it to the father and it'd look like a child's crayon drawings to him. And he's kind, so he'd go, that's pretty, baby, that's pretty. (laughs) But compared to what the ancient of days knows and understands, pretty primitive. But what does impress him is love and faith. On more than one occasion, the Lord stopped and remarked to the crowds, I haven't seen faith like this anywhere in the country, throughout Israel. Great faith. It impressed him. Do you want to have something and do something that blesses the Lord, that impresses him? Well, Abraham had this. This love, faith works by love. So this love and faith that gave honor and glory to God. The Lord knows them that are his. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Verse 20. In a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now he's talking about vessels. A vessel is a container. It could be a a vase, a pot, earthenware, clay pot. Sometimes you see the other translations bring out. But it's a container that holds contents. And here he mentions vessels unto honor. Well, this is a vessel that contains honorable things. What does a vessel do? 
It houses something. It contains, it has contents. And when he says a vessel unto honor, it's a vessel that has honorable things in it. A vessel unto dishonor, all a pot does is hold stuff. So a vessel unto dishonor has dishonorable stuff in it, inside the pot. And he said, if you will purge yourself from these, he'll be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. This is a glorious word. Hallelujah. Can you identify with this right here? Now, it doesn't happen automatically. Did you know, is it 2 Corinthians, I believe, uh, well, I know it is, the last part of chapter 6, the first part of chapter 7, it talks about what fellowship and communion does righteousness have with unrighteousness, et cetera. And then in 7, 1, just put it on the screen for us, please. 2 Corinthians 7, 1, I believe it is, 1 and 2. This wasn't written chapter and verse, so it all flowed together. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. He said, uh, having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us do what? Cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Did you know you can do things that can defile your spirit? Now he's writing the New Testament believers. Right? He's writing the born again, spirit-filled people. These are people that had the gifts of the Spirit operating in their life. Perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Now, we don't make ourselves worthy and acceptable to God through our actions. The blood of Jesus has done that. But it is up to us how much we reverence and treasure His holy things and how we handle them, thereby qualifying us to handle greater or disqualifying us. You know, Paul, who's obviously born again, filled with the Spirit, called and anointed, he said, I keep under my body, and I bring it under subjection. Listen, by any means, after I myself had preached to others, I should be a castaway. He's saying, and that word castaway means disqualified. A reject. I could wind up being disqualified. He's not talking about wind up being lost. We're not saved by our works or by our efforts or by our clean living or, or whatever. We're saved by the blood of the Lamb, period. But it's still true that if we don't cleanse ourselves, from things, if we don't, did you remember he talking about how you're going to be a vessel of honor? If you'll purge yourself from these, are there some things left up to us if we're going to live separated or not? You know, I've had people ask me questions about, you know, basically they didn't say it, but how worldly and ungodly can I live and still go to heaven? <laughs> That's not what you want to get into. Because we're not supposed to just bide our time down here until we leave. We're supposed to be accomplishing something. We are supposed to be vessels 
that house the most amazing things of God. That he is pouring out of us as vessels to a hungry, dying, starving world. And a lot of it is up to us how much of his honor and glory we house and how much pours through us. Said out loud, vessel unto honor, honor. sanctified, Sanctified. and meet meet. for the master's use. use. There are things that are defiling. You hear it and you need your ears washed. You see it and you need your eyes washed. Well, the Bible talks, in Ephesians, talks about the washing of the water of the word. That's not getting saved, but if you get contaminated externally and in your mind, you need to get washed. You need to get, not not saved, not born again, again, but you need to be cleansed and washed. And if you yield the wrong stuff, thank God, the blood of his son cleanses us. That's present tense continuous. Cleanses us from all sin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And ever how much we will consecrate ourselves to it, we can receive more of his glory, more of his honorable things, and house it. Praise God. Let me read another time, 2 Timothy 2.21. If a man therefore purge himself from these He will be a vessel unto honor, sanctified and meet for the master's use and prepared unto every good work. If we follow the leading of the Holy Spirit in daily life, we can have full confidence that this is true concerning us. You must walk in the light that you have or your own heart will condemn you. Not the Holy Spirit. Sometimes you hear people say, yeah, I was in that meeting. The Spirit really, Holy Ghost really condemned me about some things. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. You're using the wrong word and it's the wrong understanding. The Holy Spirit will convict you. That's not condemn. He will convince you of the truth. And what's right. And if you're wrong. Your own heart. (laughs) Will condemn you. About it. But if you'll receive. You know the washing of the blood. And the righteousness restored. You can get past that too. Hallelujah. And if you have faith in the blood. You're either washed or you're not. You're either clean or you're not. You're either righteous or you're not. Then there's no reason to be condemned. There's no reason for your heart to condemn you. And First John said, if our heart condemn us not, then have we confidence toward God and whatever we ask of him, we receive. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that's this. If a man purge himself from these, how are you going to know how to purge yourself? And from what? It's not complicated. The Holy One lives inside you, right? And he'll prompt you. He'll let you know, no, leave that alone. No, you don't need that. Cut that off. Cut that out. Get rid of that. 
You know, in the book of Acts, in one town when they got saved, right after they all got saved, they had a massive book burning. Hmm, you remember that? I think some other folks need to have some book burnings. <laughs> Tape burnings and CD burning. Come on, y'all with me and others. St- I'm, I'm not joking. And uh, why? Because it affects our carriage. Because it affects our confidence. It affects our confidence of what he said about us and what he said he has put in us. When Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan, he came up out of the water and the Holy Spirit came on him in a bodily shape and form as a dove. And we know the anointing came upon him, on him, without measure. And immediately, the Bible says, the devil launched an assault of temptation against him for 40 days and 40 nights unrelenting. Why? Why then? He was the son of God when he was 14. Right? He was the son of God when he was 20. Why now? It's not a coincidence that it happened at the exact time that the anointing came on him. Because the devil is afraid of the anointing. He knows better than most Christians how powerful the anointing is. And what he can do. He can spend five generations getting a stronghold built into people. And the anointing can remove it and destroy it in milliseconds. Very frustrating. Very frustrating for the devil. (laughs) But why? Why? Well, the biggest thing is if if Jesus had sinned, He wouldn't be our substitute. He couldn't be our sacrifice. That's the biggest thing. But on another level, just in his ministry, if he can get Jesus into condemnation, he effectively defuses all that anointing. I don't care what kind of call is on your life how great it is, what kind of anointing or graces or gifts are on you and in you, if you don't have any confidence to stand up or to speak or to act in faith, there will be no manifestation of all that power and all that anointing. It must be mixed with faith. Faith is the fuse. Hallelujah. It's just like your chemistry days, chemistry class. You knew there were certain chemicals as long as you kept them separate. No powers released, no smoke, no fire, everything's great. But if you take some of this and you pour it in some of this, it's going to release what was in this all the time. It needed a trigger. It needed a release. And the anointing of God needs the trigger of faith. It needs it. God has designed it to function that way, to operate that way. And condemnation is the confidence destroyer. I said condemnation is the confidence destroyer. If our hearts condemn us not, then 
We have confidence toward God. Well, what if your heart does condemn you? Then you don't. Have confidence. Ministers, do you need some confidence? (laughs) To stand up and open the Word of God and believe you'll be anointed. And do you need some confidence to lay hands on people and speak in Jesus' name? Child of God, do you need confidence in your Jesus at the grocery store and on the road and at the job? And the moment, not arrogantly, but the moment you stand up on the inside and you speak a bold word in faith, here comes the power. Here comes the anointing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here comes the glory. This is why the devil is tempting night and day. It's not just so he can say, goody, goody, got you to sin. See there, I win again. Something a lot more important going on. He sees things in the spirit. He sees something of the call on you. He sees something of the grace and anointing on you. And he never wants you to have enough confidence to step out in that. Because you start acting confidently and boldly and in faith and stepping out in that, anointing will start manifesting. And it will remove yokes and burdens. And it will destroy, hallelujah, the work of the enemy. And he can't have that. But too late. Too late and tough stuff. We know by the mercies of God what to do. Two things you got to do, two, to be condemnation free. Some people have said there's only one. What do you mean? You need to believe that Jesus took your sins and he's paid the price and you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's all there is. And if you feel any condemnation, then you just need to get over it and ignore it. Not true. You need to have faith in the blood of the Lamb. But if you don't walk in the light that you have, your heart will condemn you because you know better. Come on, are y'all with me? And confession won't fix it. And people praying for you won't fix it. Come on, are y'all with me? Why? Because you got light that you know. The only thing that will fix it is repenting. And that's not going around feeling sorry and feeling bad. The Lord's not interested in that. Repent means change. You change. And you start walking in the light that you have. And the moment that you do, you are free. You are free. Oh, somebody say free. 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 And you may fool other people. Even your spouse, even people that are around you, you may act like you didn't know. (laughs) It starts when kids are young. Did you take out the trash? Oh, was it my day? Was I supposed to? (laughs) We laugh. It ain't funny. You're acting like you didn't know. It's a serious thing. Because if you don't get that fixed, 
you will not be able to be free from condemnation. No matter what else is going on. You have to walk in the light. If we walk in the light. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As he's in the light. The blood of the lamb. Hallelujah. Washes us. Cleanses us. Hallelujah. And we can be completely free. From condemnation. There is therefore now no condemnation. To them who are in Christ Jesus. Read the rest of the passage. To those that walk. Right? Walk in the light. You've got to walk in the light. Or your heart will condemn you. That's not God condemning you. That's not you being lost. The price has already been paid. But it can hinder you. From It can hinder the activation of what God has put in you. And on you. Sit out loud, a vessel, a vessel. unto honor, unto honor. Purged. purged, sanctified, sanctified. Fit. fit, and meet and for, the master's use. for the master's use, fully equipped, fully equipped. For, every good work. for every good work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's walking in the light, condemnation free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah manifesting the graces and gifts and anointings that God's put in you. Hallelujah. And put on you. But you can't play games. You can't act like you didn't know when you do. You can't act like you do it. I'm doing the best I know how when you know you're not. You know you're not even trying. Doesn't work. God sees through everything, doesn't he? He sees all things are open and naked before the eyes of him with whom we have to do. There's no fooling him. God is not mocked. Hallelujah. Look with me. I want to read a few scriptures now and just go from one to the other. Abraham was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Because he received what God said about him. And he received the name change. And by doing that, the power of that word seed was working inside him. And eventually changed his and Sarah's bodies physically. Amazing. But he had to believe what God said about him. That he was who God said he was. And he was what God said he was. He believed what God had put in him. In Romans 2.4, it just says in Romans 2.4, he said, do you despise the riches of his goodness. Everybody say riches of his goodness. Now we know that the goodness of God is the glory of God. We talked about that the other night. He said don't you know that the goodness of God. Leads you to repentance. Somebody say goodness of God. Romans 11.33. We're going to go to a couple of scriptures now. Romans 11.33 says oh 
the depth of the what? Riches. Both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Said out loud, the riches of his goodness, the riches of his wisdom and knowledge, riches, riches. Look in uh, Colossians, the second chapter and the second verse. Colossians 2, 2 says that their hearts might be comforted being knit together in love and unto all riches of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. The fullness of the Godhead bodily dwelleth in our Lord And he dwells in you. You are the temple of the living God. So the riches of the full assurance of understanding of the acknowledgement of the mystery of God and the Father and of Christ is in him and in you. You're a vessel of honor. What's in this vessel? Riches. Riches. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. It says, verse 3, in whom, talking about Christ, in whom are hid what? All the treasures. We, We don't know what that is. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Now, This is going back to the source. If you read Proverbs, you see that God created the heavens and the earth by his knowledge and his understanding and his wisdom. We tend to think in mechanical terms. If we're going to build something, we find the raw materials and we make it, but we're we're still talking matter to matter. God takes knowledge and then energy (laughs) and makes it matter. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. From knowledge. It's okay to say, wow. Wow. (laughs) He, from within himself, he has, see, if a lot of what people think would just seem amazing and magical. If you understood how it worked, if you could see these atoms and these molecules and you knew if you put these together in this way, it would make this and then this would become this and this would become this. He didn't create it out of nothing. He's created it out of things you can't see, but he sees it. It's amazing. Oh, somebody say glory to God. And in Christ, the anointed one, are hid all, oh, did you hear that word? Come on. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You may think, what I need is healing. No, you need knowledge and wisdom. Huh? You know what to do. 
and know how to do it, your sickness problem is gone. Come on, can you see? Well, I need money. No, you need knowledge and understanding and wisdom. You know what to do and you do it. It sets things in motion and your money problems are over. Come on, can you see this? Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but here's the amazing thing. It's in you. Don't believe it? No, I've got to prove it to you too. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Back up to Colossians 127. Oh, I'm, I'm enjoying myself. Are you okay? Yes. Hallelujah. It's okay to say hallelujah once in a while and, and praise God. Because if you don't get excited about this, then you, if you can't get excited about what God has done here, you're not seeing it. Colossians 127. Does anybody know this verse? You got it marked, anybody? What does it say? To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory oh somebody say riches of the glory riches of the glory riches of the glory riches riches of his goodness riches of his knowledge and wisdom riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles which is well, hold on, hold on. We just got through reading, in Christ are all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom. Well, where is Christ? Christ in you, and that is the expectation of glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> Back in the 70s, and when you say that, you think that's not that long ago, but we got a lot of people who weren't born yet in the crowd. Like 70s, that's before my time. That's not long. It was popular among word and faith people to confess in you realities, in you truths. Brother Hagin. Kenneth Hagin Sr., who's in heaven now, he said the Lord dealt with him, go through the New Testament, and everywhere it said, in Christ, or in him, to get that verse and begin to confess it. I am this in Christ. I am this in him. In him, I have this. In Christ, I am this. We need to break out the in him scriptures again. We did not get all that, and a lot of folks have lost a bunch. Because I am in him. And he is in me. Hallelujah. And in him. I am. The righteousness of God. In Christ. In him I have. The mind. Of Christ. How can I be slow and have dementia? I have the mind. Of the anointed one. I have the mind. Of Christ. Glory to God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, it's too easy to talk about in your flesh, in you, in myself, I hurt, in myself, 
I'm tired in myself. And honey, it's going to get worse. The more you talk about in you, in me realities, in you truths. Uh-uh, no, no, no. We walk by faith. Not by sight, not by feeling. In him. In Christ. In Jesus. Oh, somebody say, I am, I am, I am, I am. And have you ever heard that phrase before? I am. You are. And I am child of the great I am. Hallelujah. And one of the big keys to it being manifest in the earth is that we begin to agree with him and say, I am what he says. I am. I am healed. I am. Rich. I am an overcomer. I am more than a conqueror. I am. I am. That's what I am. Where was I? Christ in you. Somebody say Christ in me. The hope of glory. Oh, hallelujah. How does he meet our needs? Anybody know? How does God meet our needs? Not according to our job. Not according to our hard work. Not according to the company or the economy. Our God, our Father, supplies all of our needs according to his riches in glory. By Christ Jesus, who's in me. Oh, come on. We got to say it again. According to his riches. 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 In glory. By Christ Jesus. And Christ is in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your head doesn't have to understand it. Your head doesn't even have to understand it to get it working in you. Because he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. That's not the end of the verse. Ephesians 3.20. Put it up for us. Ephesians 3.20. Can you see something's going on here? Can you see? How much is this in the Bible? How much is this in the New Testament? He's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, not period, not a period. It's connected to something. According to what? According to the power that's working in, in us. And he that's begun a good work. In us. Oh, somebody say in me, in me, in me. He, he will perform it. He will complete it. Until the day of Jesus Christ. Somebody say in me. In me. In me. In me. In me. He's in me. <laughs> oh, so the, all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom are in him. 
and he's in me. If that don't make you walk a little bit taller, if that don't. It's not in myself, but it's in him and he's in me. He's in me. And you may think I've digressed a little bit, but this is what happened to Abraham, even though he wasn't in the covenant we're in. When God told him, I have made you a father of many nations, what did he do? He identified with that and agreed with God. The definition of confession is saying the same thing. He began to say the same thing about himself, even though it did not look it and feel it, that God said, and that released power working in him. Oh, come on, can you see it? And his faith gave glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And he's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think according according to the power that works in us. That's not the end of the sentence either. Read the next verse. Unto him be glory. Man, there's glory all over this. There's glory in front of this and behind this and above this and under this and, and in the middle of this. And everything you could ever imagine or want or need is in the glory. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. What is in you? What is in you? You can't tell what's in a container by looking at the outside of the container. Can you? You can't tell. It can be old. You know, sometimes people trick folks when they're giving them a present. They take an old scruffy, rusty coffee can or some kind of something and make it look like there's nothing and put a $50,000 ring on the inside. (laughs) It don't look like it on the outside, but it's in there. I said it's in there. Just the same. Ephesians 3. Ephesians 3 and verse 8. He said unto me who am less than the least of all saints. Is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles. The what? The what? The what? The unsearchable. You, You can't get to the end of this. You won't now. You won't later. The unsearchable riches of the anointed one. Verse 9. And to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God who created all things by Jesus Christ. To the intent 
that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places. Now, now, now stop here. There are all kinds of beings. Some we know about, some we don't even know about. Principalities and powers in heavenly places that have been around for, we, we have no idea how long, but they have not seen the fullness of the riches of God's wisdom. And they have not seen and understood the mystery of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And God has ordained to manifest it to all creation through the church. You is the church. (laughs) Ooh, hey. The NIV says in verse 10, his intent. These are things that were hidden from the foundation of the world. Nobody knew God's intent was this. I mean, the devil and his bunch, if they had known, they would never have crucified the Lord of glory. They played right into it. It was God's intent to blow them out of the water and to do something with us that no angel had ever thought of. That no being in authority had ever seen or ever heard of. How many believe God's got some things ain't nobody ever thought of or ever seen or ever heard? And yet he has chosen to reveal them unto us by his spirit. Hallelujah. His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. Somebody say glory to God. According to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Skip down to verse 16. He said that this prayer that he would grant you according to what? The riches of his glory to be what? The riches of his glory is what enlightens us. It's what quickens us. It's what strengthens us. It's what empowers us. Jesus was raised from the dead by the glory of God. It also says he was raised from the dead by the spirit of God. Well, what is the glory of God? It's the manifestation of the Spirit and the presence. The Spirit of God is called the Spirit of wisdom and the Spirit of knowledge and truth. That He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Verse 21, He brings it up again. He says, To Him be glory, what? In the church. By Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. This is not just a once and done demonstration at the end of time. Throughout the ages to come. Oh, come on. Did you hear that? Throughout the ages to come. Back up to Ephesians 1. Let me just read it. Ephesians 1. How many think we ought to read Ephesians again? (laughs) Woo! Ephesians 
is as high as it gets in Revelation. <laughs> I've never said that before. That never came out of my mouth. I believe it. Do you? Yes. Ephesians 1, 7. In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. Chapter 2, verse 7. 2 and 7. In the ages to come. This is not a one-time thing that's going to happen. In the ages to come, he's going to show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Oh, somebody say hallelujah. 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 And what we call the Ephesians prayers, you know, chapter 1 here in chapter 3, praying for us. Look at verse 17. He said, I'm praying that the God of the Lord Jesus Christ, the what? The what? The what? The Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him because that's in the glory. In the glory, in the manifestation of the glory. You don't figure out things. You just see things and just know things that you could have never figured out or understood. In the glory. We're in a measure of the glory right now. Right now. But there's a whole lot more. You know, there's so much more. And enough manifestation of his glory You just know everything that you need to do all day long and the rest of the week without even laboring and you're not struck, should I or shouldn't I? You just know. You just know. You just know. It's a product of manifested glory. You don't have to fall into a trance to get it. You do have to acknowledge it is in you. Somebody's getting it. You do have to acknowledge like Abraham agreed with God and, and didn't look at what he saw and felt and grew and waxed strong in faith giving glory to God and that glory was working on him and working on Sarah and changed them from the inside out. <laughs> Where are you? Verse 17, that the God, Ephesians 1, 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being what? What? Being what? In light. Lightened. In his light, we see light. In the glory we see and we know. You can get in the glory while you pray laying across your bed. You can get in the glory while you're reading the word. You can get in the glory while you're in a good service. Different degrees of it. And in in those times you see things. It just becomes crystal clear. Hallelujah. Now when you see it, 
Walk in the light. Don't act like you didn't see it. Because you can leave here and in a matter of hours get so much in the flesh that you forgot what God said to you in this service. You can. Which is why you have to remind yourself and not be a forgetful hearer. Need to write things down, right? Keep them in front of you. Keep saying what God told you. Pull yourself back out of the flesh more into the glory. <laughs> in these days, men and women will walk more in the glory. It'll not just be a foreign thing, but to go and to come. Hallelujah. In and out. Morondis efele epiche, for you've been called, and you're alive in this time and in this age of glory being poured out, for it has been spoken and it is written that the glory of the Lord will fill and cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that glory's in you. And that glory's in me. Mm. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I'll be more aware. I'll be more aware. I'll be more aware of the glory. I'll go in and out. <laughs> I'll go in and out. I'll go in and out. That's more in the glory and less in the flesh. <laughs> ho, ho. How many believe everything the Lord has said must come to pass? Right? And we know time is later than it's ever been, so things that hadn't been fulfilled, they've got to be fulfilled. They will be fulfilled. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what? What? Now this word know is beyond just knowledge, experience. That you may know and experience what? The hope of his calling and the riches of the glory. Of his inheritance. Does he want you to know this? Does he want you to see this? Spirit of God inspired the prayer. To be recorded for all generations. We're supposed to lay hold of this. And pray this. And speak this. Why? He wants us to see it. He wants us to know it. And to understand what? The riches. Of the glory. Which are unsearchable. (laughs) You won't know all of it. But you'll know more and more of it. Of the inheritance in the saints. Hallelujah. 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 Go to 2 Corinthians please. Fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians 4. Jesus is the light. He said I am. The light of the world. He that follows me. 
shall not walk in darkness. Hallelujah. Darkness is confusion. When you don't know what to do, you're in darkness. When you don't understand what's going on or how you got to where you are or what to do next, you're in the dark. We're not children of darkness. We're not supposed to stumble in the dark. We're children of light. Hallelujah. In the light, you see. In the light, everything's clear. In the light, you know, oh, that's what's going on. That's where we need to go. That's where everything is obvious. In the light. And in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 1. Actually, it would be good if we were to take the time to read the entire third chapter because he's talking about glory, the glory of the first covenant and the greater glory of this covenant. And he's talking about the glory that shined from Moses' face. And he's talking about that when you turn to Christ, the veil is taken away. Hallelujah. And in this full light, beholding like in a mirror the glory of God, we are changed. Hallelujah. From glory to glory. And verse 1 here, he says, Therefore, seeing we have received this ministry, this ministry of righteousness and life and glory, as we've received mercy, we faint not. We've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully. See, that would be not walking in the light. You'd know better than to do that what you're doing. But by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world has done what? Blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Oh, hallelujah. Let me just stop here a moment. There's talk sometimes of spiritual warfare. And there is spiritual warfare. And people have all kind of ideas about how that might transact and work. But you want to wreak havoc on the kingdom of darkness? Launch light at them. The light of the good news of redemption in Jesus is like firing an ICBM at the enemy. Light is a weapon against darkness. I mean, the military is even developing lasers. That's light. Well, God had it long ago. And here's the amazing thing. The light has dawned into the world and darkness comprehended it not. Another translation, could not overcome it. Why? Darkness doesn't have the ability to counter light. If you take an airtight sealed room and you take 140 railway cars... Packed full of darkness. 
And you have the lights on in the room and you bring car by car and pump all the darkness into the room where the light is on. What will happen? Absolutely nothing. The darkness won't run through the door and light curl up in a corner. And then darkness and light fight and wrestle until one of them wins. Darkness can do nothing. Nothing against light. God is light. The devil can't do anything with him. Darkness can only function in the absence of light. That's the only way it can. And no matter how much darkness a people person, a country, a generation is in, all the demons in hell cannot stop a new birth or a healing or a deliverance when the light enters in. All the forces of darkness combined can't stop one person from getting saved or healed or delivered So the only thing they can do is what? Keep them from seeing the light. You got to keep them from seeing the light. Because if they see the light. It's nothing can be done. From the enemy's perspective. So the God of this world is blinding the minds. Of those who don't believe. Lest the light. Of the glory. Gospel. Glorious gospel of Christ. Who's the image of God. Should shine unto them. Keep reading. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Keep going. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness. This is Genesis 1. Hallelujah. Darkness was on the face of the deep. We, we have no idea what kind of darkness that is. A complete absence of light. And God said, light be. And he is comparing this to that. Just like he spoke and said light be in the darkness that covered the earth. He has shined in our hearts. He has said light be inside you. Inside you. And that light is the knowledge of the glory. The knowledge of the glory of God that is fully manifested in the face of Jesus, the anointed one, who is the image of God and the fullness of the Godhead bodily dwells in him. And in him are all the treasures of knowledge and wisdom of glory and light and he is in you (laughs) all of that is in him and he is in me Mm. Mm. somebody say glory to God glory to God 
Glory to God. Glory to God. Now read verse 7. Read verse 7. We have. <laughs> Took us a little while to get here, but here we are. <laughs> Thank you all for helping us to get here. We have this treasure. What treasure? What treasure? This light of the knowledge of the glory of God. We have it. Not in the sweet by and by. Not later on. In this clay pot. This earthen vessel. It's in us. That the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So that when it does break forth and shine out of our face and out of our mouth and out of our hand and out of our life. Anybody that has any sense looks and goes, that's God. <laughs> that's God. They didn't, they didn't create that inside themselves. That, that's God. That's God. A clay pot cannot produce that. <laughs> the clay pot's not producing it. It is housing it. Somebody say, he has made me. He has made me a vessel unto honor. A vessel unto glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Filled, Filled with the riches, with the riches of, the of the knowledge of glory. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. In closing, I think, go to Philemon. One chapter in Philemon. The sixth verse. Abraham waxed, other translations say, strong in faith. This is a progressive thing. He got stronger in faith the longer this thing went. And that gave glory to God. And it gave God access to work glory in him and in her. And the results of Isaac gave glory to God. And the seed of that and all that transpired after gives glory to God. But it was received when a man gave glory to God. Those that honor me, I will honor. And in his simplest form, it was just agreeing with what he said. He took Abraham outside and he said, look up into the night sky. I expect it was a very clear night that night. <laughs> And God maybe cranked up the brightness a little bit. And, and he's he just blown away by this. He said, how many? How many, Abram? How many? How many? I don't know. He said, that's how many children you will have. It looks like they can't have, they don't have one. And they can't have any. And here now he glorifies God. He said, if you say it. Is so. 
Hallelujah. And he believed God. And it was counted to him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when God said, I have made you the father of many nations, it affected his mouth. And he began to call himself. What God, when it did not look and feel like it, call himself. Oh, is everybody awake in here? Call himself. Call himself. Philemon 6 says that the communication of your faith may become effectual. That's the word for energy being released. How does the energy get released? By what? Come on, by what? Acknowledging. Every good thing which is in you, in Christ Jesus. I can't do that for you. You can't do that for me. Come on, are y'all with me? God won't do it for you. He's left this to you. He's given this part to you. To do what? Acknowledge what? When we, by faith, acknowledge it, our faith becomes effectual, energeo, energizing, and power, glory manifested. Oh, friend, it's no wonder the devil works so hard night and day to put such dumb stuff in our mouth. I can't remember anymore. It's just me, you know, not much to me, I guess. But, you know, thank God for his grace. I'm just an old sinner. Saved by grace. Think they're being humble. Well, then you're feeding condemnation into yourself. And that undermines the confidence which defuses the anointing. Can you see that? We need to submit. Submit to the word of the living God. Somebody say submit, submit. If he says you are the righteousness of God in Christ, submit and say what he says. Oh, come on. Say what he says about yourself. If he says you are clean, washed by the blood, your sins and iniquities he remembers no more, then you say, I am clean. Oh, somebody said, I am clean, washed by the blood. I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. What if we only spoke what he said about us and we said it with all the faith in our heart? It would energize everything he's put in us and it would change the world. Can you say amen? Amen. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's lift our hands. Let's give him praise. Let's give him glory. Oh, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lift your hands. Let's give him glory. Let's give him praise. Praise, 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 praise. Praise, 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 praise. Praise, 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 This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website 
at morelife.org.